Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here. Before we start today's episode, I just want to say, well, first of all, you might have noticed that this episode is coming out a couple of days early. That's because you guys have been so patient that I decided your wait should end. Um, But of course, if you are someone who's like, hey, I would love to get all the episodes earlier, go to patreon.com slash broadcast and, uh, you know, sign up and then you'll get every episode a week early. But The more important reason why I decided to uh, start the show with uh, an announcement is this. This Wednesday, May 31st at 8 p.m., I will be at the San Francisco Punchline opening for my dear, dear friend, friend of the pod, Jessica Seeley. She is doing her album recording, and I want everyone to go. It is going to be a really fun show, and uh, Jessica is not just one of the funniest people I know, but one of the funniest stand-up comics I've ever seen. And I mean that sincerely. She is so freaking funny, and her album is going to be dope, and you're going to want to be there. If you are in the San Francisco Bay Area or anywhere nearby, come to the San Francisco Punchline, 8 o'clock, May 31st. That is this Wednesday at 8 p.m. I already said that. You can get your tickets at punchlinecomedyclub.com or Google SF Punchline or San Francisco Punchline. You will find it, Jessica Seeley. And um, there's a promo code. Uh, If you enter it in the next couple of days, you will get half off. Promo code BULLS, B-U-L-L-S. All right, everyone. Enjoy Pod Yourself the Wire Season 3. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself the Wire. wire. I don't know why you're trying to make it hard for me. I wasn't. uh, A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and And talk talk about about it. it. Thank you so much once again for tuning in to the world's only The Wire podcast. Um, Some of you may have noticed uh, something different. Um, Well, I guess anyone who's listening to this uh, on a podcast app hasn't noticed anything. No. Um, but uh blissfully the, ignorant they are yeah and god bless them because mm-hmm. uh you know again sometimes it's better to live in ignorance than it is to live with intelligence you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the more i know the more i i don't know you, yeah yeah anyways told us that on nbc that's right um but uh for the you know 500 of you or so who are subscribers to our uh nascent youtube channel uh you've noticed that there is a video of this podcast that's right on youtube we are now putting up uh some videos of the podcast so not only look mom i'm streaming yeah oh oh it hurts (laughs) uh they've been able to see me the whole time the whole time i've been trying to be a good boy and wait yeah i know i kind of blinking he's in david's quiet corner but they can see you you're not fooling anybody yeah well i mean anyone who's just listening had no idea you were there but anyone who's watching is going look at david just not saying anything wow i wonder what bobbleheads he has on the top of that bookshelf behind him i bet (laughs) he'll bring them up later i hope he does because uh I would like to know, but uh, yeah. So we, we're, uh, you know, we're we're putting out some video podcast. Listen, this is a uh, an experiment. Um, you know, I wanted to see how easy it would be to make a transition and also have a video because I know some people, uh, namely young people, like to watch podcasts. Ew. 
Well, did you say ew to? Yeah, I don't want to attract the young. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, I feel like I've had it. It's you're disgusted by young people. That's right, yeah. Not me. I don't like them. I love the younger the better. Collagen? Yeah. Gross. No. You were saying that before we started recording, you were really (laughs) getting on to that. No, I didn't. It's like point of emphasis, seems like. He's a liar. Uh, But yes. Children should be watching. YouTube.com, I think, slash broadcast. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we'll put a link to uh, our YouTube channel so that you can check it out. Um, and uh, who knows? I, chances are you'll watch it and you'll go like, oh, no, no. Why would I do this? But uh, who knows? Maybe you'll like it. I don't fucking know. Uh, okay. Today, we're going to be talking about from season three of The Wire, episode one, time after time. And our guest today... Oh, you already see him if you're watching, and you just heard him earlier if you're listening. It is, of course, David Roth. Hi. How are hey. you? How's it good. going? It's going good. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing good. Didn't you it's used nice to have to applause back. sound effects oh, or something? Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check this out. There we go. Thank oh, you. Jesus. Nice. Give wow. an intro. Bro, there's so many things. I like, you know, it's like as soon as you add video components to things, I forget that I get You know. Wow. So. <laughs> Do you have a... Do you have like a toilet flush sound effect? Oh, fuck, fuck. No, what? I don't know. I think that was laughter, but it was way too loud. Yeah. Um, there's probably a to- I could get I could add a toilet. Listen, David's here. That's the important thing. That's we right. got the wire to talk about. Let's let's sound do it. Effect to do a podcast or video thing at all. Well, yeah. And do you guys hear my baby, by the way? No. It's not it, so much. It, uh, it's sick. Is um, she in the room with you now? No, she's downstairs. She's crying like a motherfucker. She's teething right now, and uh, so she's just crying at everything. It's uh, it's pretty great. Um, but so tell me, David. Uh, first of all, uh, fans of this podcast will notice that David uh, is usually our uh, season closer. We we bring him in, you know, to just like end the season, right? But. Um, I kind of started realizing that when it comes to uh, like the Wire season finales, they're they're not the most climactic always. Uh, so I decided, you know, David, we should have you for the beginnings, the first, hmm, the I thing that it. rocks it, you know, at the beginning. What, the what hand you, that rocks the cradle. Absolutely, that's, like that's the you, Rebecca Mornay of the podcast scene. They get that <laughs> that's a lot. Right. And this mm-hmm. is, I think it's cool that you're experimenting with a Tampa Bay Rays style opener approach. You have yeah. Me in. I throw uh, just absolutely, absolutely replacement level junk for the first three batters, and then you take me out, flip the whole lineup. Yeah, Blue Jays yeah, have no idea is, what to do with it. That's for sure a baseball reference. Uh, yeah, I no, no, I'm nodding knowingly. Oh, yeah, someone I understand fans. who the Tampa Bay Rays are. I've seen them play against the the Dodgers, I believe. Yeah, the, the Dodgers. That's uh, right in the World Series. But right. the uh, yeah, this is. I am glad to. Be here for an episode where there's more things that I can understand. I enjoyed the previous totally. ones because I enjoy watching television shows and talking about them with my friends Matt and Vince. Aww. But there was, yeah, that's right. It's a very, it could be a very sweet episode. I'm going to be really nice the whole time. Yeah. But also, like all those previous ones, it's just like a bunch of storylines that I faintly remember from 20 years ago arriving right. at very unsatisfying <laughs> resolutions. Right. Yeah. It's like the this whole point way of more the show fun to watch one of these. Right. The whole point of the show is that uh, justice, you know, doesn't work. All of our institutions are broken and the bad guys win. And a lot of the times the bad guys include not just the criminals, but specifically the uh, cops. So yeah. it's not satisfying. And no, quite the I contrary. want 
I'm here. I want you here to. I want to to satisfy. We demand satisfaction. Yeah, and that's satisfy. what I'm here to do. I'm here to satisfy satisfy, satisfy these two dudes. Hell yeah! <laughs> that's what it's about? We're, we're here to me. satisfy dudes, and <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> that you're here to do that for us. Um, let's get this started. We of course cannot start the podcast without first playing. The theme song. All right, let's see if I can do this. You go yeah, video file, and then here. Well, did I put? I it? just realized the YouTube thing means we're gonna be uh, hearing the full versions of all songs now nice. instead of the truncated version that we usually listen. It'll to It'll still be truncated. All right. Well, I mean, you know, we'll see. It, I don't have the the courage to play a full version of my songs, but here we go. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. Podcast. The Irish. Pod. Season three. Hell yeah. Mm. I will say that the impassively saying pod thing is a gag that works, has worked for me every single time I've been on here. So if you're concerned about whether or not the man in the little window is laughing when you're like (laughs) podcast, I can deliver on that front. Yeah, no, he actually is. So the other reason we decided to have you on for the first episode uh, where we tried to do it with video, um, because I know that you're a good sport. Um, okay. Today, ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, once again, we're talking about from season three of The Wire, episode one, Time After Time. Vince, when did this episode come out? Matt, this episode came out September 19th, 2004. And what's the synopsis that I, fuck, I didn't put down. Uh, From top of your head, (laughs) make up a synopsis for season one, season three, episode one of The Wire. The towers are going down, the wire is going up, and the detail is going sideways because the guy that they thought uh, well, Bob Joe was going to promote mm-hmm. is not getting promoted. But guess what? <laughs> Cuddy's there. You remember him? He's a boxer. The wire. That was actually really good. Yeah. That was really good. I thought good. you guys were doing a bit and had it scripted for like 70% of what Vince was talking. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, that was... You just find a motif and you stick with it until, yeah, until it kills you. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Vince, that's Matt. what... That's the... Uh, okay. Vince, uh, mm-hmm. what was happening on. Uh-huh. at the time that this episode came out? Uh, yeah. I think what you're trying to say, Matt, um, mm-hmm. is that... We're about to evaluate some art, and you cannot evaluate art divorced from its cultural context. That's right. We got to put some of that context back in. We're going to do that with a little something we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day machine tells the tale, son. Yeah. Look at that. I made videos for all these. I know. I'm, I'm seeing them. Took, all right. yeah. Took a lot of time. Uh, so, yeah, we're going all the way back to September 19th, 2004. I was probably wearing some 
uh, cool ass cargo pants and uh, and uh, maybe in wearing some puka. No, nah, that was probably a little late. <laughs> I was for like, that. No way. You know, I was uncool, but not that uncool. Uh, you know, we're we're two months from a presidential election, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, things sound like they're going great for our man. Jonathan Carey uh, from the New York Times. Carey pulls ads from some states as spending is limited. Uh, Senator John Kerry, who was advertising in 20 states earlier this summer, had hoped by now to be playing on a broader canvas that included more states that President Bush won in 2000. But mm. advertising data gathered for the New York Times by Nielsen Monitor shows that from September 7th through last Thursday, Mr. Kerry was running advertisements in just 13 states. He had pulled back in seven that he had tried to make competitive, including the crucial battleground of Missouri. Yeah, we still hear all about that crucial yeah. battleground oh, of Missouri. Yeah, always the Keystone race. State. Yeah, mm-hmm. the key, yeah, it's the Keystone State, famously. The yeah. first state. As goes Missouri, so yeah. goes, oh, I don't know, whatever all, the, the clan's doing. That's the one that's got <laughs> Waukesha County in it, right? Yeah. Probably uh, no. Uh, the, the the President Bush is still enjoying a bounce from his convention. Apparently, so he had a convention yeah. bounce. I don't even remember that convention. Yeah. yeah, I really, you know, I remember at the time being like, "Ah, oh, Carrie's he's got to win this, right? Like, come on." Yeah, how can he lose? How could he lose? We got this. Uh, yeah. I mean, sure, he's un- unlikable and weird looking, and there's just something about him that screams like. There's dead bodies buried somewhere. Yeah, I mean, on he an looks estate. like a weird old, uh, you know, New England Dracula. Yeah, yeah. like the the thing that the Patriots used to have on their helmet. Like after they replaced <laughs> the crouching man, <laughs> the you know, yeah. Pat Patriot. The they just they have some. They just have some lurchy goon with uh, too much forehead windsurfing. That's yep. that should be the. <laughs> he does have a weirdly two dimensional face. Yeah, like it's very. It's like it's flat. I know that it's like there's an oblong thing going yeah, on. There's a whole head there. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, it's and it's got a shape a la the, you know, the moon man who is selling the big and spicy. Yeah. McChicken. Like the, right. I was going to say the uh, the shock top logo, but like much mm-hmm. more conservative okay. than its general yeah. presentation. But yeah. Yeah. But it was like the moon man was just like. He just wants uh, to feed you. He just wants to feed you a Weinstefan. I have a uh, private uh, plane. Uh, Weizen, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so John Kerry's doing great. Gonna um, win. Yeah, gonna win. Probably gonna win. That's what we we're all thinking. Definitely yeah. gonna win. I mean, what what I wouldn't do for John Kerry right now, though. Let's be honest. I yeah. take him. You mean because he's alive? Yeah, because he's alive and he's not Kamala Harris. Like those are my two. Uh, he's pretty basic relative yeah. to Kamala's been doing some. There was some funny posts today about uh, just basically taking some of the lines from Dune and putting them in Kamala Harris's. <laughs> signature diction it's like like we like it is time to put our hand in the box which it has always been in and what is in there of course it's like no it's very she's i mean she's not a good fear politician. is if, if if it kills minds the it, the mind can be killed if not today then another <laughs> like, day or a moment in time when that is transpiring and that is the thing to hold in our minds <laughs> in this moment you know she's great yeah the thing Listen, is she's she's bad in a way where it's just like it's it's out of fear that she really might be the president uh because uh joe is going to accidentally you know 
put the wrong like thing in his mouth. He's going to eat the silica gel or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It says very clearly do not eat, but that's executive yeah. prerogative yeah. once you get to the office. Don't it's tell me like, what to do, don't, Jack. Right. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah. But like, I don't actually know how terrible she would be as president. I just fear for it. because I'm guessing based, bad. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, based on her uh, being, you know, her being the senator of California, it's not like she was uh, epic, but. Um, well, it, all right. But you know what? This is not a Kamala Harris podcast. Should be. Uh, we're, we're going. This is our first Kamala Harris podcast online. Yeah. We're living. Uh, we're living in 2004 right now. Absolutely. Um, the, the, we don't even know who that is yet. We're 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 busy talking about how there's a new iMac in town. Yep. Oh. Uh, if Apple's new oh. iMac G5, which premieres this weekend, looks familiar, there's a good reason. It resembles an iPod, supersized. By evoking the iPod's slimmed down innovative design, Apple is betting the iMac G5 picks up some of the buzz and the <laughs> tremendous sales that the portable music player has enjoyed. Yeah, because that was uh, that's why we all loved the iPod. We were just like, yeah, we like it because design good, not because small. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> not because small fit in pocket. On it. I just conspicuously took it out and put it on the bar and then looked around meaningfully at the people around me. Yeah. <laughs> Plugged a full-sized keyboard into it, just yep. like, this is also computer. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, whatever happened to the to the iMac G5? Is that still around? I still have one in my garage. Yeah. Uh, I think it was this uh, this model. Yeah. Still haven't gotten rid of that. One of these days, I'm going to get that recycled, but I haven't done it yet. Right. But Is then the you have to go to the technology recycling plant, and it's like I've got battery. I got a bag of batteries. So it's yeah. like you got to go special trash, and it's like I don't want to go special trash. Yeah. Um, other news. Uh, the 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 aging. Uh, MTV reality series Real World was moving to uh, Philadelphia, and oh. uh, it's got a it's got a brand new castmate uh, named Karamo who revealed that he was a homosexual, much to the chagrin of his two hetero roommates MJ and Landon, who had no clue. Um, this was also the point that I learned that uh, Karamo from uh, Queer Eye used to be on the Real World. I was, was wondering, I was like, is that is it that Karamo? Yep. Oh yeah, that's yeah. why he looks so familiar. Good for him. Yeah, it's always nice when someone from the real world goes on to have a, a career that doesn't involve being on the challenge. Right. Yeah. 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 Or like uh, you know, doing stand up because you got slapped. Yeah. Or right. Or whatever Sean Duffy did, get elected to Congress <laughs> and then quit to be on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a guy? Like what guy was that, that from? Stop remembering guys. Which guy was that? Explain uh, yourself. He was a Wisconsin farm guy. That was his whole mm. thing. I don't remember. He, I'm trying to think of what season he was on. He married a woman from his season, and they're both like kind of uh, like just like plug and play, uh, like sort of mid level exemption free agent types in the Fox News universe. Like you can mm. get them on like 15 minutes notice. He'll like have a tie on or not have a tie <laughs> he on. Puts on a tie and he's just like. Yeah. White people fight different than black. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm here. What, what, what's the subject matter? How much euphemism are we doing here? Yeah. How yeah. much back into the blue do you need from me? Because I got to do my vocal exercises. 
Oh man, yeah, no, I, I do like the, like the last minute replacement for a Fox News host just waiting. <laughs> yeah, he says the victim was actually at fault. The yeah. solution is more guns, actually. <laughs> do, uh, do, doing push-ups and being like, yeah, if you have a hoodie, you are allowed to die. If you, <laughs> they like cut to him, but he's halfway through a sentence. He's just been talking for an hour, getting ready for the camera to go on. <laughs> Up your pants, and that way, uh, when the police see you, yeah. everything's good. Mm-hmm. Trans yeah. people, trans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in in other outdated tech news, and this is my last story, taking us back to two thousand four. Uh, this one's from the New York Post. Academy fights Oscar DVD piracy. Remember that problem? Mm, uh, sort of. Oscar screeners won't be passed among New York friends this fall if the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has its way. The Academy plans to ship 11-pound piracy-proof DVD players to its members for viewing nominated movies. Screener DVDs would only work on the machines, which also prevent dubbing. Cinea, a rest in Virginia-based firm, has offered to send 10,000 of the $800 secure players for free in exchange for promotion of its encryption technology. Executives at Cinea's parent company, Dolby, said they want the studios to sign up to use the encryption technology for at least three years. But the studios, who haven't been able to test the machines, fear they'd be tough to hook up, expensive to ship, and be too big to be portable. A big problem since voters often screen while traveling. We think it's a really good idea, Warner Brothers spokesman Barbara Brogliotti told the Los Angeles Times, but there are still some kinks to be worked out. There are also other yeah, ways. Yeah, it costs to a lot of money because we have to keep making them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We had to open a factory. There's some kinks. We were hoping for a heavier DVD player than Can 11 pounds. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we wanted to be so like heavy. 87 year old Academy member <laughs> getting sent say. an 11 pound DVD player, like a bespoke DVD player. We're also going to like, send a young person in to show them how HDMI cables work uh, <laughs> yeah, and how to way. work the input on their remote control. Because yeah. we really, really do not want people getting a free copy of Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Spider-Man 2, too good of movie. Yeah. I don't Other remember. options in 2004 are Man on Fire, Secret Window, Manchurian Candidate, Tornado, Butterfly Feck. What? These are all movies. Oh, Butterfly Effect. Butterfly Effect. Barfly Effect. Barfly Fuck. That's the attempt to reboot Mickey Rourke's Barfly. For a younger audience. Yeah. Yeah, amazingly, I don't think this one actually caught on, but kudos to Cinea's publicist for getting this placed in the New York Post at the time in the guise of it being a really good idea to fight piracy. Yeah, no, because you got to set. You wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't download a car. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't. Yeah, would you? Yeah. Oh, FBI, FBI. Seriously, you can't admit that sort. I have screeners in my home from when I was in the Writers Guild, but I don't. I don't lend them out. I've certainly never given any to my parents, and then had them returned yeah. to me like no. two years later. No. I would never you give a screener to my parents. That's not exactly what they're for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have never received stolen goods. That's true. Okay. Well, we've gotten everything on the table. It's great. There's three <laughs> yeah. law-abiding guys. Just not breaking laws and supporting no. our troops. Right. Our troops being the police. <laughs> we're back in the blue. We're I think back it's good to, in the blue. Yeah, to celebrate the uh, the men and women, our first responders, 
Absolutely. Our armed forces yeah. in the streets. Well, that's been uh, the back in the day machine. There it is. That's what's so, for, you know, if this is your first time listening, you needed to know all that so you understand the yeah. cultural context of The Wire. We need to know where we're at in place and time before we begin this episode of The it, Wire. Because, you know, it's a show about uh, contemporary events. Exactly. It's a show about politics. Anymore. It's a show about elections. Uh, it's a show about, um, you know, the evolving nature of technology. This episode in particular had a mini disc player, which I was like, fuck yeah. Yep. Those will catch on. Um, so, yeah. That is the... It's r- weird that they didn't. They were smaller, you know? Yep. Can't take that away from them. Maybe it was insufficiently elegant design. Yeah. Mm. You know what was genius? Yeah, it did look like kind of like a floppy disk kind of thing, huh? Yep. Yeah. It was ugly. But it was like... It, I, I thought it was great because I, I totally understood the thought process. It was just like, things keep getting smaller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they make a mini disk. <laughs> Little tiny disk. <laughs> And they're like, well, people lose it. We'll put big box around it. I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a yeah. great idea. I yeah. understand the thinking. Um, okay. So this uh, week's Balmer B story um, is taken from uh, directly from the episode title. And, uh, you know, it's rare that The Wire has... Uh, with that, it's this easy for me to come up with a synopsis parody song for the wire um and so uh yeah i'm gonna play a little bit of that for you right now let's see if i can do this all right can you guys see it yes i was hoping there'd be a video I'm in a vacant. jimmy spies the barksdale crew caught up in wires daniels runs his mcu Now you guys gotta watch. Another verse. Justin. Just us. Oh, okay. Wait, can you not hear it? No. No. Oh, sorry. Here we go. There we go. We're back. What will look like? String almost kills him on sight. Would you look? We are back talking season three. Wire after wire. Close the book on the docks. Back to drug violence. Crime after crime. Did you know David Roth taught Matt Leap to sing? Rhyme after rhyme. Season three, episode one of the Wire. <laughs> all right <laughs> there's still 12 seconds left in that track i don't was that just that was, that just, was just me saying, saying sucking on dick eating oh, on yeah. nuts you know fucky sucky very fucky sucky <clears throat> and so, so on and to so the forth. pained you know the pained part the pained uh octave change yeah. there that was, that was, was the, it. Yeah. i think i sung it pretty yeah you did you did I mean, no it's, it's properly pained it was this good. also sounds like progress in the sense that like i if I remember correctly, the one I was on previous, mm-hmm. like you were so in baby world that you're like, yeah, man, I'm not singing any fucking songs right now. Like I've slept three and a half hours the last four days. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is but that I would, I, I, well, for, yeah, first of all, I'm thriving in fatherhood. Flourishing. Um, 
glowing. Yeah, absolutely glowing. Some of it is sweat. Um, but <laughs> some uh, of it is glistening and some of it is glowing. Yeah, yeah. Some of it is uh, vomit and poo-poo. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, listen, last time I was still doing the songs, but they were, very, you know, they were a little bit more low key. But that one, I was just like, I'm going all out time after time. It's such a good song. And yeah, this is this is the only, I mean, for people who don't, understand the reference the wire episode that we're discussing today is named time after time which uh, is this the only uh wire episode it feels very uncharacteristic so of the wire to name an episode like it's a uh, julia roberts rom-com or something yeah. uh, completely and also uh no idea what that is in reference to do no. you guys did you guys get that at all I guess it's about like the cyclical nature of poverty and like the police keep doing the same dumb stuff and the criminals keep doing the same dumb stuff and the politicians do too. And yeah. that just keeps happening, I guess. But I, I mean, guess. that's like, that's very broad. I don't know. That, right. like, it's that, like a that's... rare instance of David Simon not underlining the point thoroughly enough. Like it's sort of, yeah. it's a good episode and everything, but he did not necessarily uh, deliver on the title with the usual like yeah, two hand totally. thunder dunk of. Uh, yeah. Emphasis yeah, I, that he does. It, feel, yeah. it feels a little like he was, you know, he's he's turning the, the essay in late and they're like, what's what's it about? He's like, ah, I don't know. The death of the American dream. Uh, structures. Uh, sorry. Uh, institutions. I, uh, yeah. Little, uh, yeah. You know the Cindy Lauper song? <laughs> it's about that. Um, yeah. So I don't understand uh, the what the title's in reference to. Uh, if you have thoughts. Let us know. But uh, let's talk about this episode in general. General thoughts. What did we think of this episode, Vince? Uh, yeah. So, like, my main thought about this was uh, I got the sense that they learned from the season two, uh, the season two first episode. Like, season two introduction was just mm-hmm. sort of this, like, baptism by fire, you know? It was like, hey, here's a bunch of new characters, and then maybe, like, 20 minutes later, we're going to throw in some of the people that you know and enjoy. And this was, like, the opposite, where it was like, all right, here's all the people that you know and love. Here's what they're up to now. Right. Bubbles is back to his old shenanigans. Jimmy is still, uh, you know, a rebel without a cause. Uh, but then, you know, it, it did the same thing. It just reverse the order uh in a way you know like it it gave us the new some new stuff and introduced some new people and some people that we haven't focused on as much uh it just i feel like it did it in a more elegant way than uh season two necessarily sure not that the season two intro was bad but it was extremely jarring and it was probably jarring. turned yeah. off a lot of viewers and they it's probably I, got some studio notes about it and it's like i think the studio notes maybe were helpful in this case yeah, I like season two very much, and I. But I, this is certainly the sort of thing where I don't even think of the important new characters that you meet in this. It's basically Bunny Colvin and Cuddy, and that's not. You're like twenty minutes into the episode before you see anybody that you're not familiar with. Yeah, for the most right. part, there's some Marlowe. You got Slim Charles, but they're well. Those uh, are yeah, that's right. All uh, there's these are all introductions too to most of these characters. We did see Bunny Colvin a little bit at the end of season two. Um, but he was just kind of a guy, you know, where you were like, I feel like they're setting something up and they are, um, whereas there's also that guy with like the super jarhead haircut, that cop, yeah. which I feel like he, his whole purpose is to be like, here's the cop that you don't want to be. Right. Oh, you're talking about in, uh, like with Herc and Carb yeah, and, Herc and yeah, Carb. Like yeah, the yeah, jump yeah. out crew, the guy that's got yeah. the, yeah, he looks like somebody 
like he looks like maybe five or six guys in Sicario, if I remember <laughs> Sicario correctly. But it's, it is a very like serious, uh, like law enforcement hard ass. Uh, yeah, there. yeah, that dude for sure is like that's the parts. Those are the parts he gets as yeah. uh, bad cop. This is um, the first time that you see Jay Landsman, the actor, right? Who's like this. It's not the first time. Again, you see him and Bunny Colvin together uh, a couple times at the end of season two. But um, uh, yeah, this is essentially the longest he has uh, talked in uh, in this. Um, and what a treat series. that is! And what, what a treat! I mean, what a the voice. accent is like the strongest. It's like just somebody driving a large syringe of old bay directly through your solar plexus <laughs> <laughs> really just good shit i loved hearing him being like don't get captured or like <laughs> i uh on your I, hand don't throw it away and you're like ah oh, yes <laughs> i i have a uh, a clip of that yeah. seems that foxtrot was hovering over the station house a few days ago and caught a lovely view of about seven or eight hundred discarded beer cans on the garage roof <laughs> seriously no off-duty drinking on the station lot. And if you do find yourself holding the beer can, don't throw it on the roof. Take it home with you. <laughs> I mean... Perfect pronunciation of Hunter. Yep. Hunter. Are they Southern? Is it East? Yeah. Like, what is the accent? It has, like, all of the quirks of, of New England, the South, uh, and, and like, Pittsburgh. It's yeah. very amazing. The best yeah. hits of the 70s, 80s, and today, as they yeah. used to say. <laughs> it's a compilation. Of my retail job in high school. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of weird because it's, like, it has a real, like, Philadelphia. Right adjacent aspect to it and yet it is like completely its own deal like it yeah. is um I, impossible I to situate even in the heritage of unpleasant to listen to mid-atlantic accents right it, it, it's like i remember when everyone got super into mayor of east town and uh and it was just like one of those shows where everyone was like how the fuck do people <laughs> talk like that yeah. like, i don't even know how to like do an impression of it and uh and then I, in rewatching The Wire, I was like, yeah, they're kind of doing a mayor of Easttown, but like Appalachian style. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's very strange, but I love it because uh, it's so distinctive that uh, you can't really uh, hear it without like, you know, feeling um, <laughs> like yeah. you're it's like if AI was like, what do voices sound like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it goes right it too. It, it kind of is unfair to this season. A lot of good actors a lot of good characters and stuff like that it is like all the new guys are brits except for bunny and jay landsman and so there's i guess jamie hector isn't but there's a lot of like guys that are just struggling to sound passably american in there yeah. and then you bring this guy in who's just like mr yeah. balmer like it's like the the logo on the natty bow can is playing yeah. a part oh it's in, like you, this. it's like it's like the american equivalent of like you've just ma mastered like cockney chimney sweep yeah and then you get like some scouser scouser from freaking liverpool in there and you're like yeah. i have no idea what the hell that shit is yeah yeah like, like, i didn't know there was there's a new <laughs> I guy know people could sound like that like yeah yep. it's like it's jarring because you're just like i uh 
I like I understand accents is part of like a region, you know, this area, but like <clears> it should be a big region. This feels like everyone in Baltimore got together and was like, we're going to talk stupid, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I can't do it. But they talk great and we all, all love to to everyone from Baltimore and their weird accent. Um, but uh, David, in general, this episode, what did you think of it? I mean, it felt. It's, again, as with all of these, the first time I've watched it since the first time I watched it, um, it's like what I remembered as the good wire stuff. And I think, yeah. and again, like just to underline the point you made earlier, like very much happier to be coming in at the beginning and getting that sort of like, there's like two versions of the wire being pedantic, both of which I'm fine with, honestly, until season mm-hmm. five anyway, yeah. but are like this version of it where it is more like sort of novelistic and less about like editorializing is cool. Like just, yeah, a lot of like fun things happen to interesting characters and uh, you know, there's some colorful writing and acting and it just is a very entertaining 58 minutes of television to watch. Yeah. And this is again, you know, entertaining is the sort of thing where, you know, once you start getting into the serious episodes, people aren't going to want to use words like that and stuff like that. It's still, they haven't really begun hammering away at the critique yet so it's just a lot of like crazy capers and uh shithead cops being you know ridiculous yeah speaking of shithead cops our favorite shitheads are back um and uh and i'm talking of course about uh hurricane carve now to catch us up from the previous season um Last season, Herc and Carve realized that their entire role as uh, part of the uh, major crimes unit, the MCU, they were like, um, uh, they weren't appreciated. And so they leave the MCU and they try to make it on their own in the DC universe. Uh, DC stands for dummy cops. I wrote that (laughs) down and I said it out loud. Um, And uh, so now they are uh, in the Western District doing what they do best, uh, cracking skulls and getting fooled by literal children. (laughs) Um, And uh, they they have a really quick storyline in this episode. Um, They kind of just serve to introduce uh, the Western District and Bunny Colvin and all that. But um, I, I love watching the scene with them where they are planning out how they're mm-hmm. going to do this bust. Yeah, well, that sounds like smart plan. Yeah, <laughs> very smart plan. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, how long How long did they have you on the hook thinking like, ooh, Carver seems like he, he's learned he's a few he's things. He's on it. Like watching all these drug guys. I, I immediately was just like, oh, good. This is this is a good plan. Uh, <laughs> and because, you know, I think it, w- it actually was a good plan. The problem is, is that they are so um like it's a reflex to be as stupid as they are so they their whole plan was there's going to be a runner let that person run away that person doesn't have anything uh just make sure you just jack up the people we're jacking up uh it's almost they like they knew that that was that kid was a distraction and then well i feel like it was more like they couldn't help dunking on that kid to be like it's like the point of a decoy is that you have to kind of sell it right when that guy ran away there they should have been like oh no get him but instead 
Carve did the thing where he's like, you know, step step lightly. Uh, like he's doing yeah. some sort of military uh, yeah. pun thing there, R- right? Um, but then, which is basically like broadcasting. We're not going to chase you, and like, and what is they, he going to do? And then they chase him anyways because he, as soon as he picks up a bag, they're like, "What if it's reverse decoy?" And then they run <laughs> after him, and it's like, "No, you had the plan. If you stuck to it, it would have been fine." I have a I have a, a clip of that. When we jump out on these little cocksuckers, there'll be a designated runner who's going to sky up just so we get to chase his ass. But fuck him. We let him go and jack every other motherfucker who stays. Let's mount up. Great. It was a great plan. Later, son. Step light. Yep, step light. That's what I was saying. Yo, is that the stash? <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I did an edit. It's a good edit, Matt. Thank you. I did it on iMovie, guys. <laughs> okay, so before so then he I, gets sure. here, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like this was heavily influenced by Training Day. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like this is he saw Denzel yelling "King Kong ain't got nothing on me" uh, in training day and he right. did the classic dumb guy thing which is he saw that movie and he was like wow this is a movie about cool <laughs> about guys a cool guy. it's about a cop who gets results no yeah. matter what the suits tell him to do yeah i did <laughs> somehow just leaves with 15 minutes left and it's like awesome one of the best yeah, I've seen awesome it probably worked out for him well yeah no he's, he's better than king kong <laughs> you could tell because she said it um no but this this scene is uh this part is fantastic because he uh does another classic stupid guy thing in which you start off your uh grand statement with um i'm gonna tell you one thing and <laughs> then you proceed to tell many things yeah uh, and i have a, a clip of this and listen to me you little fucking piece of shit i'm gonna tell you one thing and one thing only about the western boys you are playing with we do not lose and we do not forget and and yep. we do not give up all those if things you make us go into the weeds for you or if you make us come back out here tomorrow night catch you on a corner i swear to fucking christ we will beat you longer and harder than you beat your own dick I mean, actually, now that you pointed it out, like there's like a little bit of a conscious Denzel-y cadence there that is not usually a part of Seth Gilliam's line reading. Like the way he said corner Mm -hmm. is definitely like him being like, my man, like just like stopping just short of like putting on the sunglasses. (laughs) Yes. No, he's definitely. Which um, I feel like is good acting because Mm -hmm. uh, it would make sense that he would want that. It's it's in character for Carver to. I really liked Gilliam's performance in general in the show he's oh, yeah. he's really good in this and i think also like as matt was sort of saying sort of as a gag but sort of correctly like he like is competent presenting in a way that like the other guys in the squad are not right like you like hear him talking you're like this guy might know what he's talking about whereas like right. herc you're just kind of like this guy is like last what? in his fantasy football league every year <laughs> like he's just yeah. like not yeah. not a high functioning individual yes i mean they're 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 like a classic dumb and dumber doer duo on one level which is you know like two stupid guys being stupid together mm-hmm. but uh like there is a distinction where carve Car is capable of learning lessons which we've seen like from the first season on uh, whereas uh herc is not just a lomix yeah. yeah. So like Carve gives you that sense that like, oh, maybe he does know uh how these 
guys are going to handle this bust and, and he knows what he's doing. But then you but quickly yeah, learn it, like, nah. Well, as soon as Herc says, hey, is that the stash? That's like everyone forgets the whole like you said what the plan was. You know that the plan is they're going to have a decoy and they're just like, no, it's reverse. And they yeah. run after it. And it's like just it, on like, principle. They cannot let someone run away from them without <laughs> right. like exactly. a cat with a fucking laser pointer. Like they're just sort of <laughs> <laughs> just a laser pointer right into the sea. And you're just like, yeah. I have to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, it's kind of wonderful. And you're watching um, Herc and Carve, uh, you know, basically jack up these like corner boys throughout the whole episode. And the whole point of it is to watch Bunny Colvin, um, you know, look at them in disgust and be like, yeah. God damn it. You know, this police department is on some bullshit. Um, and yeah, so the- yeah, I mean, I feel like they hired him solely because he's really good at uh doing the i'm too old for this look and yep. oh uh, yeah he uses that very effectively throughout this season yeah no robert wisdom uh i believe that's the actor's name who yes. plays bunny is uh is fantastic like i i think he is a great actor and as this character he just fucking kills it because he he reminds me a lot of uh freeman's character in that like you like if he was mad at me or maybe like I could feel shame yeah, just like through if the you television. disappointed yeah. them. You'd be like, oh, man, I'd be like, I'm so I'd be sad for a week. And uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's interesting because I was thinking about this season uh, in comparison to last season. Last season, the catalyst of the entire season was two Polish people who were in a pissing contest over a stained glass window in a church. And it was basically about like, um, you know, the pettiness of of these individuals and their uh, the using their their power structures in order to try to fuck with each other. Um, and in this season has to do with the mayor trying to get a city city councilman to uh, stop giving him shit about crime and picking a completely um, arbitrary percentage of murders that need to go down. Um, yeah. I mean, it's about the same thing that the wire is always about, which is, uh, you know, a boss uh, giving a boss, giving his underlings a completely unworkable solution on the ground, which Stringer is very clearly doing the exact same thing in mm -hmm. this uh, episode, proving that he's learned nothing from <laughs> the last episode but i also feel like like on a broader level like mostly the first season asked like what if we could fight the drug war like the right way right uh, and then you know and then last season is sort of like <clears throat> it's sort of a digression into uh the urban whites or the ethnic whites and mm -hmm. and and how that how the drugs get in um but like through all the, the throughout the first two seasons like the major unanswered question is like why are we fighting a drug war like right. is a drug war like like why yeah like is that even a good thing to like try and right. uh arrest who wants people for this drugs? and what what is it right. for and why yeah. do we keep doing it and then so that like that's the obvious question i think you know david simon and everybody making the show was very aware that that was an obvious question and they're like well okay that's what our next season's got to be right 
and that and that's we like find bunny out- cole like he, immediately in the first episode he's like, he's like okay you did all that work like what did you get like oh you got a you got a 14 year old on a on a loitering charge yeah. awesome that Good you job. beat the shit out of because <laughs> right. he ran yeah. away from you exactly as you said he was going to and then right. you ran after him like yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah, and uh, so yeah, this season is about like, well, why, why, why this? Uh, you know, why do we keep doing this drug war? And it's because uh, that's how people get elected, <laughs> and uh, it's how uh, you know, fucking city council people become mayors, and mayors become governors, and governors become presidents. And uh, it's it's funny the amount of like uh, how arbitrary a lot of the crime stats are because you realize that they can just say hey can we make some of these stats better and it's like yeah we'll reclassify some things here and there but the big mistake was you can't really reclassify murder and that's going to lead to bunny colvin um trying a experiment out called hamsterdam Mm -hmm. uh, which we will get to in later episodes another nice moment there in that scene where because colvin basically pushes back against Rawls in the Mm -hmm. Comstat meeting where they're making that point. And it's, again, one of those things where, like, maybe I've just, like, read too many David Simon tweets since the last time I watched, like, a good (laughs) David Simon show. Like, I was, again, pleased with the the line that Colvin says is, how do you, you know, obviously you can upcharge this or downcharge that, whatever, but, like, how do you make a body disappear? And it's that, like, that, I think, was the critique this season and then especially the next season of basically, like, what all that cynicism adds up to downhill, like how it devalues the meaning of the lives of the people that are on the, you know, either on the the hammering end in the case of the cops or on Mm -hmm. the nail end in the case of basically every other character in the show. And like, that's like a really good point. It is a point that I think no TV show has done as well or like, meant as much as the wire and it's just just because i watched this guy call people like you know chuckle fucks on twitter (laughs) for five years i like forgot that he was really actually good at making this point which is i think like a totally essential point yes yeah Yeah. and now that there's a writer strike david come on what do you got what do you got going on come on yeah doing memes come on yeah but he does tweet funny and uh, and, you know, he's uh, he loves his um, long strings of swears and uh, God bless him for that. But yes, the entire like, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Is that Brent Flyberg, the producer of the show? Yeah, it's me. I'm here. I want to chime in and say some negative things about David Simon. If you guys don't mind. <laughs> okay, sure. Please. No, nah, I, I actually. I don't, I'm not on, hey, guess what? I'm not on Twitter anymore. That's a good way to get back uh, and, uh, yeah. feeling good about David. Simon. Blue sky. Yeah, baby. I'm a hero. Uh, and speaking of, uh, I, I am interrupting so that we can do some ads so that uh, Matt can afford this child that he already had. Absolutely. Oh. Thank you, Brent. We're going to do a quick break to, to, to do some advertisements that, uh, I don't know how we're going to put them in the video, but uh, we'll figure out a way, dude. It'll be great. You know what I'll do? I'll put a little, those little those YouTube ads. We'll... Anyways, stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. 
Why March 17th, you ask? Well, <laughs> because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, you helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to... Do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So yes, please come Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now that David's back, I did I did want to read my favorite tweet on the subject of you guys leaving Twitter from uh, Bobo underscore Circus. Sorry, guys, I'm leaving Twitter. I'm going to post Gleeps on frankly.bunk with 200 of the most 38-year-old people this website ever turned out. <laughs> oh, that's about me. Yep. The I know. This was like that got shared widely in a number of DMs where everybody was like, I don't appreciate the most 38-year-old part of that. <laughs> Like, yeah. The jokes are good, but some of it's a little too harsh. On some that's of just about me. how old we are. Yeah, I'm on the wrong side of that now. Turn yeah. thirty-eight. Pod. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. All right. So, uh, just to round out the whole, what's going on with the you know bunny and uh, all and the bosses and whatnot. Um, so. This is also the episode where we meet Carchetti for the first time, Tommy. an Irish actor, I believe. God, this is such a beautifully sketched character. I mean, I'm sure mm -hmm. most of it is like Martin O'Malley and uh, just David Simon just basically lifting Martin O'Malley's entire personality. Yeah, but I'm far enough do a lot of work to disguise no. the identities of the people he's ripping off ever. <laughs> no, which and no. again I tip my cap to him on that. But yeah. Well it's yeah. great because he know he knew that I I still don't know who Martin O'Malley is that well. Like I don't I can't picture his face. Even like at the time mm -hmm. I sorta knew who he was. I mean he's sort of the proto Mayor Pete. Um right. just like the way he sketched this character where he has he's got this uh well of stories about cool politicians uh -huh. and that's what he aspires to be by being you know by being like the power broker and he's gonna he's gonna do some good but even like from the beginning he is uh like inherently blinded to things that are real going on because it's mm -hmm. all through the lens of like what kind of speech can you make what kind of uh like what kind of cool things can you say 
to other people that are in the power structure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he has a meeting with Burrell, um, in which, uh, he's trying to get Burrell to like backdoor the mayor, like, Hey, you know, if you need anything, you come to me and then you you don't need to talk to the mayor, yeah. you know, uh, it, by the way, I, I, I can't continue without pointing out that like his accent is just East coast guy. Like yeah, he's no, he's yeah. doing the well, but it kind of fits the character because he's doing like the ethnic white shuck and jive act where he's like, right, you know, he's trying to sound like extra Brooklyn, so which is like, yeah, like, you're kind of like we want looking back at the audience while turning the Pesci dial until they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like a trick heard. that politicians still do and we still fall for, you know, yeah. like, oh, look at John Fetterman, he's such a big old goon, that's yeah. great, he doesn't look like a regular politician guy, yeah. There's a great no. clip of Joe Biden, um, that was posted before the 2020 election, I think, mm-hmm. uh, by Italian Americans for Biden, where it's just him naming Italian guys that he played high school football with. <laughs> and it is a, it's like it was the thing that came to mind when he was talking, because Carcetti is talking, he's like, Dominic DiPietro grabs Jimmy Carter by the ass and he says, listen, you fucking Jadrul, you got and like, and it's, it's all very satisfying. But it was Biden, of course, being professional grade as opposed to a character. It was just him getting up there and being like, Severio Rolatini, he was my fullback. You know, just like, but just saying. He says like five guys' names. Yeah. Vittorio Spaghetti Meatball. <laughs> he carried that football of them, like he was yeah. coming home from the butchers with a big old pile of gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he's uh, yeah he's telling him this story and, uh, you know, about like Jimmy Carter. You know, I think the story is, uh, you know, in my district... We tell Jimmy Carter like to fuck sto- off sometimes. Yeah, the story yeah. was about someone being annoying to Jimmy Carter. Yeah, not right. actually not, getting anything not getting done. Money <laughs> yeah. But he but he presented he he created the appearance of wanting to get things done, which is far more important than anything else in politics. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh kind of perfect uh to is, the way to describe this character too. Yeah. You know? Which is true of all uh people in power like in business, like, you mm-hmm. know, like this whole recent, you know, wave of media layoffs. It was just like a bunch of a uh, bunch of CEOs like being like, "Look, look how busy I'm doing. Look at yeah. all the stuff I yeah. uh, I'm I doing do things. stuff." Yeah. I'm doing we things. noticed that yeah. the model that we created and the ideas that we had don't work, and we hear you. And we're going <laughs> yeah. to lay off ten percent of our lowest salaried employees to see if that yeah. does anything to fix. The thing models. I made them do was actually bad, so yeah. they are fired. Yeah. Uh, and I am That's going to continue dude. to have new ideas that are also bad. Yeah, uh, it is listen. interesting though. Again, like with Simon sort of surpassing expectation to a certain extent with this, it is that you're right that that story is funny because it does not resolve in a win. Uh, it just yeah. resolves in an Italian guy badgering Jimmy Carter several times <laughs> to no great effect. Yeah. But then there's also this sense, and Carcetti is like a really good kind of get ahead of the season or whatever. But there's a sense of like, he's extremely transactional. He's extremely ambitious. He's not sincere. There's also mm-hmm. the chance that he might accidentally do some good in a way that the current right. mayor is not. Mm-hmm. And right. so like, well, that's you know, like the best you can hope for, for a right. politician. I was going to say that that's like, if you're like conditioned, if you like follow politics where you're just sort of like, I guess I got a root for that guy. Cause he might like mm-hmm. accidentally not <laughs> fuck something up. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, is, whoever's going to do the least amount of damage, right. you know? Let this, let's get this law of unintended consequences to maybe work in our favor one of these times. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, this is the character of Carcetti for me. Um, I remember I didn't watch The Wire, I think, God, um, I maybe started watching 2007 or so. It was like right before Obama became president. And I loved it. I was like, this is a great show. And I remember while Obama was running, I was very, very excited. I was like, yeah, Obama, he's great. Um, and then at some point, they were like, what's your favorite show? And he was like, uh, The Wire. Uh, and I was like, that concerns me a lot because yeah. The Wire – Especially this season with like, you know, Carcetti and this election and, you know, everything that's going to happen. Um, yeah, for me, I was like, The Wire is about how like this whole system is broken and how yeah, like, like, you know, you, that's bad, right? Right, right. Like <laughs> you understand what that means. Like you're you are vying for a position president of the United States in a system that I think The Wire is pointed out is more than broken. And and also you kind of like he's Obama has Carcetti-ish vibes in this, like very much I think season four is like uh the election season, right? Um and uh, I mean it's mostly the school children season, but it's uh Carcetti is I think running for office in that season. And that's the one where you see like the splitting the vote tactics and all that shit going on. And I just remember feeling kind of icky that Obama was like, That's my favorite show. And I was like, I hope it means you do changing things. Yeah. It is That'll weird. Be- I mean, like I think the one that people tend to ding Democrats, like the TV show that people get on Democrats for liking too much is the West Wing. And that's completely like that's a much shittier show to sure. build your worldview around and yet at the same time like yeah you're totally right like the idea of being like and that's how it really is like the wire really holds up the mirror right <laughs> yeah right but like we I don't I, want you like, to like continue to hold the mirror up like right like exactly yeah after a while it's like i i you're gonna change the reflection right yeah and uh yeah so uh of course, that you know later on Obama becomes about president. Obama, though, because he might come on the pod too. Obviously, yes, mm-hmm. Obama. Yeah. We're reaching out to you. Uh, we would like your podcast network to sign us. I'm sure he has a podcast network. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, the, the, this whole thing ends with uh, Major uh, Bunny Colvin being in an all hands meeting uh, and being told by Rawls, who's now the deputy deputy ops, that uh, everyone needs to drop the murder rate. Uh, somehow so bunny's gonna have to figure out a way to stop murders from happening. rawls i feel like he's uh, he's got a little bit of uh homer simpson effect going on because like he has been like the most uh openly like transactional and dictatorial person in the police force i mean you know other than uh uh what's his face al brown sure um, but yeah but he like he's gotten He's gotten extra tyrannical now. Like he's got like he's he's not uh, he's not being underhanded. Like he's just staring daggers at everyone. Like he's yeah, got he's, he's, like, he's, he's liking it. Yeah, he's gone like full Hitler at this point. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's he is um he's horny for talking down to his uh inferiors. And um he's got a reverse McNulty thing where he's just like um 
fuck the bosses. No, 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 no. Fuck the employees. Yeah. Um, which, uh, cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see more of that as the season goes. But we need to get to talking about Stringer Bell. Um, mm. This is, uh, there's very little Stringer in this episode. Um, but with Avon still in prison, Stringer is still running the organization. And he's running it like a business. Meaning he's having lots of all-hands meetings and he's doing Robert's rules of order. <laughs> yeah. He's doing unnecessary meetings and giving unworkable uh, solutions yeah. to problems. Like he's <laughs> he's learned the business lessons a little too well. He's like, you know what? You guys really need to uh, think about economics and mm-hmm. uh, implement these completely unworkable uh, guidelines on the yeah. ground. Go out there yeah. and buy low and sell high. I'll be here. That's right to chastise I'll be here. you when you fail. I'll be here to collect the profits yep. and uh, yeah, make sure to threaten you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just make sure whatever you do to uh, like make it so that your job becomes obsolete very soon. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I have a, a clip of the, uh, of the all hands meeting. Your territory ain't going to mean shit. If your product is weak, go ahead and ask them motherfuckers trying to sell them. Four tempos and you got niggas riding around in Japanese and German cars in America all day. Territory ain't shit. Especially when you consider it's the fight for the territory that be bringing the bodies and the bodies that bring the police. Yeah, but how we gonna stand? Yo, she ain't recognize your ass, man. (laughs) How we gonna stand on some... Come on, man. How are we going to stand in some mm. corner that's not ours? Well, we got the best product, right? So the chances are we're going to be able to bring in the competition by offering the re-up with us from our package. Feel me? Everybody making money sharing the real estate. Slim Chow. But what if they don't cop our re-up, though? Well, I'm going to worry about that when it happens. Until then, Mr. Charles, we're going to handle this shit like businessmen. Sell the shit, make the profit, and later for that gangster bullshit. Yeah. Do the chair know we gonna look like some punk ass bitches out there? Motherfucker, I will punk your ass. Yo, yo, shit. What? Who did have the floor, man? Shut the fuck up, man. This nigga too ignorant to have the fucking floor. It is. Uh, I like that. I like that. Know. Poot is on the uh, Stephen A. Smith hairline plan, yeah. which is like you're you <laughs> start lo- you start lo- losing a little, and then you just get it lined up further and further back. That's I right. Guess. I was watching Stephen A. Smith. Uh, it's, the it other was night. always like this. Yes. <laughs> if you like, if you look at him sideways, his hairline is like behind his ear. Like yeah. it's, but it's still he's still lining but like, it up to like the it's all micrometer there. precise. Like it's. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I guess the idea there is that you're sort of you're like, well, he wouldn't. Like that's that's on purpose. So like yeah. he wants it to look like that. Like it's he a wants style. It no like, one would do this. No one would do this. At, just a perfect yamaka of hair <laughs> on the top of your head, <laughs> with straight lines. Him and Roger Stone, they need to start hanging out. They both yeah. got that like pin yeah. thing going on. Weird hairlines. Um, yeah, I, think I talked no. about this the last episode I did too. But what a fucking delight it is to watch Bodie do stuff. Yeah, just one of my favorite TV performances. Him. Yeah. Uh, like pouting when he's forced to raise his hand and stand up simply can't beat it just yes. great acting and he's not wrong like the, <laughs> right. the look of oh this is all bullshit is right this yep. is all bullshit like at the end of the day it's uh it reminds me of any all hands meeting that i have ever had working in an office in which like 
listen, I get that we're all here to give the illusion that we are all working together as equals, but you are dictating the terms. Everything you are doing is dictate. You're telling us uh, what we're going to do. And we, we don't actually have the freedom to be like, Hey, this is stupid. Let's not do this because you will call us, uh, ignorant and, uh, yeah. Not only that, like you're giving vague advice that is like, like, he never answers the question of like, Hey, what happens if they don't (laughs) give up the territory or what happens if they don't re-up with us? And he's He's like, like, well, we'll see. Ah, I don't know. (laughs) I hadn't Uh, uh, thought about that actually. (laughs) But, uh, That's a good question. No, I like that. He's just like, oh, all right, you know, you think a gun's scary. You should yeah. see what the <laughs> invisible hand of the free market yep. is. <laughs> yeah. Got in his hand. Yeah. Slotting uh, in as a rentier class. I guess you could learn that in a in an economics class where they're just sort of like, you need to get, you need to create an extra layer to skim profits off of this product and let other people do the labor. I guess it makes sense in principle. It's just also, yeah, it doesn't totally. seem like he's really sketched it all out. And, and also it makes, it makes sense uh, from, I think the standpoint of any kind of like legitimate business. And this is the thing that Stringer always gets wrong um, is that in his like, man, why can't we, you know, why can't we just run this thing like a business? It's like, well, it's like, well, because of the violence part is a pretty crucial yeah. aspect of the business. And so that's why like holding territory isn't just because, oh, I have a corner store where I sell things. It's like, it's also, it's muscle. It's showing people that uh, you are not to be fucked with. Uh, and his whole thing is just like, I mean, at the essentially he wants to outsource all their jobs and say like, I don't care who's running the corners. You know, as long as they're buying, you know, our product. And I think Poot and Bodhi are like, well, we're the ones who stand on the corners. Yeah. Like, yeah. So are we getting promoted to middle management or are we getting right? right. Do we? Entirely? It's also like right. short sighted in the way that all of those like all of the like libertarian uh, yeah, business ideas. Weird trick. It's like, it's like drop shipping or whatever. Like yeah. Stringer Stringer's a middleman, too. Like Stringer's not making the drugs, nor mm-hmm. does he have any right to say that he owned them from the first place. Like the only, the only reason his job exists is because there are like barriers to entry to get those drugs into the marketplace. And so he's like putting them there, but then he's like, Oh man, what if we could just take these out? And it's like, well, you keep, (laughs) you keep knocking those down, buddy. And pretty soon you're not going to exist. Right. Yeah. But he, I think um, he's very confident in the idea that at the end of the day, all of the violence and whatnot is just because it's people beefing over corners. And if we just all kind of like solidify what corners are ours, what corners are theirs, and we're all just like taken from the same pot of drugs, there will be peace. And uh, he is wrong because the whole industry is unregulated. Yep. It is uh, very, it's very regulated by like forces that are inherently inefficient like which is like yes. you get shot and you die right. and right. Then there's another dude that comes and does it instead like right i'm really actually thinking that i may watch more episodes of this season too just because i i remember at the time like the hamsterdam thing as a gambit we don't need to get ahead of it you guys have a whole season to talk about no, is like ahead. really like pretty audacious bit of like plotting on top of everything else because it is like it is not a thing that was really being tried like this is something they made yeah. up like it was an yeah. idea that people yeah. had 
It's one of the but, few examples of the show like doing a what if, which it yep. doesn't usually. Mostly it no, deals with what I mean, what it's is. very literal, you know, yeah. like as we've established. But yeah, so that's like you can see how, you know, that's like sort of the last little bit of this. It's like Robert Wisdom making the Robert Wisdom face of like, this is never going to get better. Like everybody is just like running on rails and are robots. Right. And we're all just trying to get our uh, stats in line so yeah. that the bosses will be happy and the bosses will be happy if the politicians uh, stop getting on their asses, you know. And uh, and so for him, you know, he's going, I don't know how to make a body disappear, but I do know that um, people will do less murdering um, if we allow them the space to do their commerce, yeah. which uh, which does happen, uh, and it is, and it's great. Um, but yeah, I uh, Stringer just as a guy who um, like I'm I'm very much fallen in love with the idea of the LinkedIn Stringer Bell, who <laughs> is just um, he's very wants to present as businessman, but mm-hmm. without the actual. Um, the without the actual business plan that uh works for his particular business just trusting that dry fit polo to get it like do all the like he's doing all the heavy of, lifting the hard heavy lifting that he's not doing himself or he's like if i just wear a bluetooth i think that makes me 60 percent more business yeah, yeah. You, could, you could imagine him doing like some really good like mlm pump up oh, yeah. video yeah. content yep. oh my god yeah this were made today you'd see him like looking at like one of those like Mr. Bean success accounts on Instagram. <laughs> it's like a picture of Rowan Atkinson in a suit and it's like no friends, $1 million. <laughs> it's just a joker going, why need girl when instead need money? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just like, who translated this? This is why they, need to, re- they need to jokerfy Stringer when they bring, when they bring yes. the series back. <laughs> Joker Fly Stringer is just like stop posting hole and start posting goals. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's good uh, advice, though. That, I think that is fair. Um, so yeah, uh, finally, uh, just real quick, getting into what's going on with um, the detail in this episode. Uh, the detail, the entire detail in this episode is kind of, um, I don't want to say a red herring or misdirection, but it's basically the a whole setup for a quick failure. Um, the detail has been uh, doing some recon on fucking, you know, the, uh, what do you call them? Uh, on, I guess, on the Barksdale crew. And they're really trying to get this guy, uh, some dumbass named Drac, uh, to be promoted um, and they have all these plans. They're going to fucking, you know, they, they jack up his, uh, his like boss and they hope that he's going to be the next guy. Cause he's always on the wire being like, I sell drugs. I'm a criminal. <laughs> Here are the list of my friends. Um, and, uh, and he doesn't get promoted. So everything kind of gets fucked. Um, and, uh, it kind of just ends with Jimmy going through the old case files and being like, well, what happened in season one and two? And then he looks and I think we're going to see what happens with D'Angelo Barksdale. I think like the big hole in that plan was they were like, of course they're going to promote him. He's prop Joe's nephew, but no one ever like raises the question. How many nephews does prop Joe have? He could like have like 20 nephews. Like he may not have that much of a connection to any one dumbass nephew. 
of that yeah. tie-in made to where everybody that is in a failing institution assumes that every other institution is just as stupid and shitty in its processes as theirs. Like yes. they, uh, Carver makes that point with like, or I don't know if it's Carver, somebody be Sidner uh, with Drac, where they're like, yeah. if this guy worked for the police department, he'd be like a fucking captain by now. Yes. This yeah, guy that's on the phone, that. it's like, yo, let me get some cocaine from you to, I'll give yeah. you money for it. Like, <laughs> Which I think it's Presbo, which is like, you know, yeah, Presbolewski yeah. Presbo's like, well, if I have, I still have a job. Right. Uh, right. Surely this guy will get promoted. Right. Yeah. He's just like, I've literally blinded people. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, I think it's a hilarious fucking condemnation of the police department that they're just like, no, these drug organizations like I'm not going to promote him. He's a fucking moron. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, like it's like, actually a meritocracy at like the highest right. level. And then everybody else is just pl- fucking playing house or yes. they're worse than that, which is yeah. know, like where the cops are. Um, And in terms of like the uh, the subplots of uh, this of the of the detail, uh, we see Jimmy, um, his wife has found a new guy. And uh, Marla and Daniels um, are uh, not living together, but Jimmy, like, how long is he going to sweat his ex-wife? Good God, man, let it go. She's really hot, though. We all love Callie Thorne. She's a she's a dime, and you should she have is, her on the podcast, and you should tell her I say hello. I will, I will. Uh, if she ever comes on the podcast, the first thing I'm saying is go. David Ross, Jerry Defector. Yeah, do you know. At a certain point, you got to cut bait, like you know, right around the time of like the divorce papers, and yeah, come on. Yeah, She's but canoodling uh, with another man at a Orioles White Sox game, you gotta yeah. respect yeah, yourself a little bit. You're divorced. Move on. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is with him is, what does move on actually mean? You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, he's gonna fuck other girls. He been yeah. fucking other girls sure. even when he was in the relationship. Like, but for him, he's just like, but that's my wife. And yeah, it does have like that. You start to. Like, again, something I didn't understand when I was watching it the first time, but that, like, if Jimmy's defining characteristic and the thing that, like, periodically accidentally makes him useful in the same way that Carchetti can be mm-hmm. is that he, like, refuses to fucking take an L ever and will <laughs> always go back and relitigate it until he can find some way to turn it into something else. Like, that's right. Yeah. yeah I think he's hung up on the fact that she ended the relationship and not him. Yeah. Yeah. And that he, you know, he, um, he, like, did so much work to change for her, uh, last season in that he was a boat captain and he you know he pretended to care about dead girls like what else does she want from yeah yeah Yeah. god you know i know i don't want to get Uh, off on a rant about how divorce is always the woman's fault but uh yeah listen yeah, I don't know if uh, people listen to this podcast know, but friend of the pod, Stephen Crowder, is going through some rough times. <laughs> it's really tough. Um, real, real tough times. Uh, unfortunately, apparently it's legal to just get a divorce if one person wants out of the relationship. Yeah, which is so, messed up. And then we're, we're going to be up. looking into that. Yeah, We're yeah. going to be looking into it um, and pod yourself a divorce, a new podcast. <laughs> Have you picked an episode for him to join you this season? Is he gonna yeah, be- it's definitely going to be uh, the one in which, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy gets a divorce. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Couldn't finish the bit. not about Steven Crowder anymore. He's, he's a bummer. No, it's, actually, I'm very much watching, enjoying watching his downfall. It's been yep. uh, a real treat. Um so yeah, uh, and Marla and uh, Lieutenant Daniels—they're—they're uh, they're not together, but they're pretending to be. Um, we talked a little bit about Cuddy. 
I thought uh, Cuddy I, I was love great. Cuddy. This is yeah. one of my favorite storylines because I feel like he's one of the few characters in the show that uh, just isn't fully formed. Like he's yeah. he's this character who has a lot of different uh, things competing in him, and he could go either way. Uh, and you you know you see him in this, you're sort of intrigued. He's kind of got the bubbles thing too, where it's like, is he going to go straight or is he going to? Not well, right, because he's he's yeah. very quiet. And in the scene where he's talking to Avon or Avon's talking at him about like, hey, when you get out, you know, you know, talk to this guy and whatnot. You're still a soldier. Right. And he just like kind of stares at him. And you're like that. Yeah, he's he either doesn't... hard as fuck or he's <laughs> like, I don't know how to tell him that I think I just want to get a regular job. This is like yeah. so common in TV and movies where like someone will have a conversation with like the guy that you're supposed to be focused on and the person you're supposed to be focused on just like leaves without like saying goodbye or yeah. acknowledging that the other person is speaking. Like it happens all the time. Yeah. And it's like in real life if that happened you'd be like what the fuck is wrong yeah, with I would this be guy? thinking about it for a week. Like if <laughs> yeah. I was just like getting off the say phone. Anything. Like getting off the phone with somebody and they don't like give you any warning. They're just like <laughs> you called someone and they answer the phone and they're like yeah which is like a classic yeah. movie thing. Like, are you all right? I mean, like, what? I, I, I <laughs> love that. Time. Avon's response to it was like totally normal. It was like, I think the joint broke his ass. And, yeah, yeah. I, and it's the audience who's watching on TV going, no, nah, man, he's just fucking cool. That's Cuddy, dude. You don't That's know Cuddy, Cuddy dude. Though. Cuddy doesn't need to say anything. He uses his eyes to communicate. Yeah. And Another it's great like, actor and a great performance too. Chad Coleman. Love watching. Oh, that yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, no. Fun he's, fact: uh, Him and uh, the the guy who plays Bunny Cole, Robert Wisdom, Colvin. both uh, Bunny Colvin. Yeah, both uh, both ex track stars. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fun fact! Did yeah, he run, like well, in college? Yeah. Like, how far did uh, Chad Coleman go as a track athlete? Oh, Robert Wisdom was a star sprinter on the Columbia University uh, track team, according to Wikipedia. Well, well, well. And uh, I believe uh, Chad Coleman. What, says he got into acting after a leg injury ruined his track career, but doesn't say exactly what the uh, the track career how good how good it was going at yeah. the time. Yeah, he's good. That's a well, good arc for that. That's cool. Too. Yeah, and a fun. That's a fun fact. Um, yeah, and in terms of Cuddy's, uh, what happens in this episode with Cuddy and his arc is he uh, he gets uh, some drugs and he is does not want to move them himself. He gets ziggied and you're like, well, what, how, how is he going to resolve this? Because clearly yeah. this guy seems a lot more street smart and ruthless than Ziggy. So, yeah, you figure he this guy's going to know how to handle this better. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it kind of you you leave the fucking, you know, storyline with Cuddy thinking he is going to murder this guy or yeah. he and you're kind of rooting for it because like, well, that, that guy was mean yeah. to him. He the should kill that guy. Turd. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, in the scene where he gets, uh, you know, basically told to get the fuck out of here, we took your drugs. Fuck you. Um, he he goes into an alleyway, and uh, the first thing you see is a guy who's like getting his dick sucked, and then there's two other guys just like standing standing by. And uh, I don't think I could get my dick sucked in front of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think I could, I would be like watching it thinking it was hot either. What are they like? What? Because to me, like watching someone, like I kind of get watching someone have sex. Like you're like, yeah, you can pretend yeah, that you can you're looking that. at the boobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh but yeah. Watching someone get their dick sucked is just like, it's a little bit like you're watching some guy's dick. <laughs> it's like also, kind of like watching a guy jack off. 
Mm-hmm. If you guys you ever think, think about, about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I'm old school. I feel like if you're going to get, uh, if you're going to get a blowjob from someone cause they want drugs, you should like do it. Like that's, that's something you do in the privacy of your own alley. Like that's yeah, not something that's you do true. with all your you friends need, like, standing your around. He's around. Yeah. They're kind of just like talking. Like, to you. They're like looking like, uh, you know, just ordering Chinese food. On their phone. <laughs> yeah. They're sort of like, do you want, I'm sorry. I know you're busy. I'm sorry. I know, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But like just Wizards, say, this was also overtime. This was also that era of porn though. Like this was like the first uh like era of gonzo porn where it was right. like the guy behind the camera was like uh, Oh yeah. You know, oh I love yeah. That guy. Dude, yeah. you fucker so good, dude. Oh, like, yeah, bro, good like, job. You did yeah, you oh you're giving it to her so good right now. Like yeah. that was such a weird That was uh, yeah, weird it's era. amazing that they spent some Move your balls. right like making <laughs> yeah. pornography before people realized that what you want to hear is like just a disgusting cali guy <laughs> being like making so fucking a- connor o'malley sounds from behind the VHS <laughs> camera. yeah yeah i remember like when i first saw bang bus and just being like there's a lot <laughs> first, of shots first saw of the drive bus by on the street and you're like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sir pick me up yeah no uh I uh, I remember like being kind of weirded out by there's just a lot of the driver. Like I knew mm-hmm. the driver's name. They're like, this is ugly. And I was like, why? You, I don't care about the driver. Yeah. Anyways, he's getting his dick sucked. <laughs> yeah. It's like Bre- Brechtian pornography. Like, I don't know if I needed this yeah. very much. Breaking the fourth to. wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, no. I want clear glass of that. It's called breaking wall. the back wall. Yeah, um, wow. Wow. Yeah, you know, pretty good. He's a professional. Yep. <laughs> That's right. And uh and yeah, and Bubbles and Johnny are doing capers and they lose their pants. Very funny stuff. Uh and yeah, we will this see is like this is like when them. yeah, this was the beginning of uh Bubbles is a metal scam, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Bubbles he's, he's into metal now. Yeah, he's a metal guy. He's got a guy who buys metal and he's a guy who knows how to steal some metal. Um, unfortunately, he loses his pants. Um, pretty, it's pretty amazing that Johnny has survived this long into the show. Yeah. I know he is the most like gonna die motherfucker out there. He's like literally in the last, I think, episode or maybe two episodes ago, uh, watched someone dying on the street from an overdose and was just like, oh, those drugs are the bomb. And it's yeah. just like, <laughs> it's true. They're very good, but you're gonna die. Um, and so that's what happens. That's the episode. The, oh, let me just sorry. The very last scene of this episode, I think, is really, really funny uh, in which uh, Bunny is driving around and Spider tries to sell his spider bags to him, n- not knowing he's a cop, even though he is clearly a cop. Um, I thought that was uh, I mean, I think it's a great scene because uh, he's like, man, these kids out here, it's like fucking it's practically an open air drug market already mm-hmm. is kind of the thing. But for me, it was the first time I realized that like Spider has branded his drugs with his name. He's selling spider bags and it makes you wonder, like, is he allowed to do that? <laughs> it's just good branding. Stringer it's great branding, but he's Stringer got like approves a, of the entrepreneurialism. He's like, I yeah. like to see you out there hustling like that. That's this guy's great. a real self starter. That's yep. true. Um, yeah, I'm if I had go to give ahead this and episode, promote him to the meeting that we have at the community college where I interrupt <laughs> everybody and yell at them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, did he buy a podium for that meeting, by the way? Was the podium just already there? <laughs> yeah. I think, well, I think it's a funeral home. So, you know, there's probably like some. There are podiums at oh, funeral yeah. homes. Yeah, they have those. Yeah. Um, if I had to give this episode a letter grade, and I do because it's the law, I would give it a solid B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yeah, you go to the grade? yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some thought into this. this do is it. A tough one, but uh, you know, after much consideration, I think I'm gonna have to give it a solid B plus. Oh, surprise, surprise! And David Roth, if you had to give this episode a letter grade, I fucking put gum in. I didn't even mean to do it. Wow. Um, what would you give it? I mean, I disagree with you guys on a lot of the particulars, but I mm. went back and ran my metrics, which I think mm. are more sensitive than yours, and I also landed at a B plus. So I feel like Wow. Yeah, I mean, I gotta agree on that. Even you know what? Different routes to the same uh, you know, destination, I think that's fine. That's a that's what the that's what certainly listeners like. They love this gag. They love it. It's a they good do. bit and it's yeah. never gonna end. <laughs> uh it's a solid B-plus episode of The Wire and a solid A-plus episode of Pod Yourself, The Wire. David Roth, we love you. Hey, thanks where can, for having Where me. can people find you? You can find me at Defector.com, the website that I work at. And then uh, there's I do a podcast with Drew McGarry called The Distraction. And I do a podcast about Hallmark movies with Jeff Lund called uh, It's Christmas Town. Nice. And, uh, Vince has been on both. Matt somehow has been on neither. Uh, but we yeah, can... we're we're, we're going to get Jeb on one of these uh, times. We've been talking. You should. About I think it, that so. would be put nice. me on, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm so good at podcasting. I got a soundboard. Look at yeah. that! <laughs> Incredible. I Pretty good my stuff. Own mic. Yeah. yeah, I think I got a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, we we love having you on. Are, are any of those podcasts, by the way, are video podcasts? No. Uh, this is the first mm. time that anyone's ever seen my face. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I've done some of this stuff before, but not, uh, <clears throat> no, never done a, a proper video podcast. Uh, it's very exciting. Until now. This is the first video podcast on YouTube. V- very first one. This wow. is, this is, uh, and probably the last one. Here's the thing. I'm very hot and I'm sitting in a chair. I usually sit in a couch and it's very nice. Um, but, uh, it is, uh, it is very hot in this. I'm like sitting in my, this is where my wife records. This is where she streams. And I don't know. I don't like sitting at a desk. It's not for me. So follow David Roth on all of the platforms and uh, listen to his podcast. David, thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for having me. Wires. The wires. All right, everyone. Patreon.com slash broadcast. The $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vince, we have three names. Let's do it. The first is Myrtle Snowball. That doesn't feel like a real name. I think Myrtle is real. Mm, Okay. I'm going to call Myrtle Frosty. I love it. Frosty. Second is Justin Dean. Woo! Uh, the Dean of Mean, Justin Dean. We're gonna call. Uh, we're gonna call this guy uh, the a nice guy. Great, mm-hmm. nice guy, Justin Dean. And finally, Tucker Batson. Woo! Tucker, yeah. Uh, I mean, T Bats. That's like that's like right there. But that feels a little. Call him Fucker Matson. Yeah. No, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna call him T Bone. 
All right, T-Bone's good. Yeah. T-Bone, all right, that is your shout-outs for this week. We have a bunch more, but, you know, uh, we got to wrap this up. I got a baby. I got my wife texting me. It's really hot in here, and we're on video. So, Patreon. Can I just tell you, I just tell you what ChatGPT suggested for Justin Dean? Feel free, dude. Uh, in the spirit of providing a nickname in the style of The Wire, a possible nickname for Justin Dean could be JD or The Dean, playing off his last name. It is important to note, however, that The Wire is a fictional TV show that depicts a harsh reality of drug culture and its associated violence, and it is not necessarily appropriate or respectful to use nicknames associated with that character in real life. Well, I'm sorry. Are you being shamed? Dad, chat. Yeah, you're getting lectured by a robot. You're getting lectured by a robot. Like, literally, first of all, I didn't know chat GPT was a fucking lib. Get him. God is it? I heard a lot of concerns about woke AI, though. I think. I know. Yeah, apparently, it's too yeah, woke. Now, to, uh, turns out they were justified. Why AI too woke these days? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/broadcast uh, for all of the bonus episodes where we talk about other things. Broadcast at gmail.com for your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is a Google Voice number? Four one five two seven five zero zero three zero. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening and watching. And next time, and until next time, if you come at the king, you best not miss.
other spaghetti and sauce Would you look, we are back, talking season three Wire after wire Vincent likes to eat combine specifically Loam after loam Gotta work on lyrics for next week's podcast Line after line Sucky fuck, eat the butt, why am I still singing? Time after time Time after time Wait, what? I, I don't think I know all the lyrics. Would you suck on my dick and then eat my chin? Sucky eat my butt. I am going on the top of my dome right now. Man, it's the thing. You're the butt. I can take Lucky, fucky, my fun. Put your dick in my dick and I dick will be double dicks Time after time Wire after wire Wire after wire Wire after wire uh, I assume we're ending now Yeah, that's what I thought It feels like we're I'm just gonna look at them. Oh, it's like four more. Suck a dick. Too many things, man. Too many things to do. Why is the video podcast now? It's gonna take so much more time. But you know what? Maybe people will like it. All right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.